Warning, the content in this podcast contains some explicit language which may be offensive to some listeners and may be inappropriate for children. Therefore, the content in this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So, would you fall in love with hip hop? Right here, what we're gonna do is go back. Black Eats, Black Leadership Network, um, Northeast OKC Developers Conference, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. All the different hats. Stay pretty busy. Yeah. yeah. That's a good thing. It is. It is. Especially right now. Yeah. yeah that's what's up. Yeah, it probably keeps you really busy. I was reading your Facebook page when you were saying like this is the time to like basically like help build up small businesses and to support oh, yeah. each other and to kind of do that because you yeah. can do that kind of. Online, I read another uh, post where this girl was like, this is a time to rebrand yourself. Absolutely. Like, if you're uh, a podcast or anything, this is the time right now because you're sitting at home. There's so much content. Yeah. Exactly. The, if you're a content, if you, if you start to notice, uh, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself, but if you start to notice before this, everybody had some content they were creating. It was a, a video or a YouTube channel, and then when this hit, let's how quiet it's been. Yeah. Yeah. But if you really create content, you can create content from some. Even if you're following Twitter and watching our governor, yeah, or or the president, uh, yeah, because <laughs> people are watching the president every day, yeah, every day, yeah. every day. He don't hold on. Look, you I know have. what? Because I, I said I was telling them yesterday because uh, we did a group chat yesterday, <clears throat> and I was telling them like, as much as you hate him, you have to know that he strategically understands social media he understands the media he understands like people's attention spans he like knows how to captivate an audience he came out of the tv world so he's attracting people exactly Mm -hmm. he's attracting people because it's advertising his views which is the same thing with us on social media so you want to captivate your audience by what you say and so he's he does that well for the wrong reasons um i mean his words put us in his financial crisis but yeah i mean honestly i'm not even really i mean i'm into it but not really into it but I've actually been watching it because he's entertaining because I watch because it's like okay what is he gonna say today yes first of all the way he read off that paper that's entertaining (laughs) and then when he veer (laughs) when he veer off the paper and it's like okay no it's when he veer off that entertains you get a lot of sound bites that's the entertaining part I know but I'm just saying like he don't know how to answer none of the questions and he won't like he when You're he, a bad reporter. Like, yeah. seriously, yeah. that has nothing when to do with When he just shoot it from the head, he's, oh, God. Girl, it's entertaining. He's I mean, such okay. a narcissist. He, you got to uh, watch people behind him. You got to watch the folks behind him. Oh, that, that doctor? The doctor, yes. the doctor was like. <laughs> he was like, let me let He me was fix trying not to laugh. This last. He was. He was trying to laugh. Let me fix this last real hard. You know how you, you, see, you, know how you smooth out your yes. forehead? <laughs> like, I'm about to. <laughs> he like was this, trying so hard. This bullshit. I know. But if y'all noticed yesterday, this seemed, nigga here. right? <laughs> yeah. But yesterday he was like letting a lot of other people talk, and he was being so. Thank crazy. God, though. Well, hell, they probably had had to talk with him. No, they had to because I think the more he talked, the more he put stuff in danger. 
Yeah. You know, yes. Because when you think about even what we're dealing with at the state with the coronavirus, that we run out of tests. When the Utah Jazz, I'm going to keep throwing it back to them. Um, they, use a lot they took 20% of our tests. They did. We had 300. They took 20%. Really? Yes. And they got results within six to eight hours. We had people on the waiting list for 48 hours. Yeah. Couldn't get approved. Now you're talking about Medicaid expansion, which that's on the bill right now. Love getting Medicaid expanded. So people can afford to pay for these tests. And then in about a week, we end up getting a total of 500. As of Wednesday, zero. That's crazy. There's no more tests available. People on a waiting list. We got emergency rooms that are overloaded. And, I mean, you're right over in Lincoln Terrace. So it's like the innovation district area, all that, it just, it's just overloaded. So what are we going to do? Yeah. You know, so it's it's it's, it's a tough time, but uh, I used to work at oil and gas. So being a part of, like, those downturns, mm-hmm. like, you understand. Like, you in this industry, it's going to get hard. You got to ride it out. And so I look at it the same way. It's like, okay, this is hard, but every time there was something really challenging happened in the industry, something came out of that. You right. think about like um, when hospitals went to medical records, hated it, right? You had hospitals closed, um, investment dollars came, but now, 10 years later, right. you got electronic medical records. Right. Now they need it, so it's a new industry that comes out of it. So that's why I tell small businesses, it's not the time to pause, it's, it's the time to pivot. Yeah, and my heart goes out to like the small businesses, like the restaurants, the bars, the clubs. Like my heart goes out to those people because I mean that's their that's how they make their living. Mm-hmm. My heart goes out to those who've lost their job. That too, exactly. Who yeah, literally showed up too. like um, showed up to work for to, to be told if you right. cannot telework, you don't have a job. Yeah, my heart definitely goes out to those people um, because it, I mean you know you never really think about the trickling down effect. Right. You know where mm-hmm. people are yes. like, look, you know you have a boss who's um, high risk who can't really be around a lot of people. And they're like, you know, we're going to send everybody home, but we can only afford to send so many people right, home. Right. Right. I think people, I think after this, after this week, I think folks are going to start going back to work. You think so? To. They'll have to. Either they're going to have to go back to work or it's just going to become a full out crisis. Yeah. One or the other. One or the other. And hopefully it's not full out crisis. Hopefully it's yeah. not full out crisis. But either one or the other is going to have to happen. And the unfortunate part is if it does go into full-out crisis, I don't think we're prepared for a full-out crisis. I, I think it just depends on, like, the numbers of people that are infected. I guess they're trying, you know, kind of like the whole Trying to contain thing. it. Yeah, they're trying to contain it. And I think if... We don't have enough tests. So how do you know who's really affected? Exactly. That yeah. is true. If we only had 500 to test. And even that is in, true. Even in the metro area, Oklahoma City Metro, it covers 10 counties. That's like, what, 600 and some thousand people? You have 500 tests. So do we really know who's affected? Who's we don't affected? Right. know. We don't know. Now, if you think about what Mayor Holt did, which I'm glad he did, he put the lockdown on Oklahoma City. But the mayors around us didn't. Uh, so you had other surrounding cities. You can go dine in their restaurant. Oh, Take wow. Ass home. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, think about how many people who live in another city but work in Oklahoma City. Oh, like Edmond, oh, yeah. like Guthrie. Right. Oh, none or of like the, like, like, like Edmond, Midwest City. No, the, 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 in terms of what we, the, our metro will be, um, Yukon, Moore, oh, Midwest you. City, Spencer, yeah. Edmond. Oh, because they're Piedmont. not shut down. No. Just Oklahoma City is. No, Tulsa is. Well, Tulsa is, but Broken Arrow wasn't. Oh, really? Because the mayor got dragged on Twitter. See, I was thinking so that the state was shut down. They came no, now. So there's supposed to be a call that, we're hoping today, looking at Twitter, that uh, Governor Stitt is calling a press conference 
at the National Reserve, which I think that's in, I think it's in Muskogee, I think. Hmm. Um, there's supposed to be a, a call today, so we'll see. If there's a call today, they're saying that the National Guard is going out. That's what we've heard. We've heard rumors of the National Guard coming out, basically kind of regulating people's ability to come in and out of their homes. That's that that's been a that's been a rumor. Yeah. Don't know. But you know, people ain't taking it serious no way. Even in other states, do y'all see people having full blown house parties? (laughs) Yes. I mean, people is not making. (laughs) Well, you saw the people that (laughs) was at the beach in Florida. Did you see all the people that was at the beach? Yeah, I seen that. But you know, even Baltimore, y'all seen where Baltimore was out? They was like, uh, uh, you gonna have to bring your whole backup. Like, we're not going home. This opposite. much for people to say just stay at home i get that you know i get that maybe some of us are like look i feel just fine i don't have a problem i don't have any issues but like i've told people before like me and my daughter could get it and be just fine if my son gets it it'll be a completely different story you know he has respiratory infections he gets stuff and it takes weeks just regular yeah but people are asymptomatic when they're getting it right but i think we but i think we also got to remember too we've created this age of no socialization. Yep, exactly. Think about it. Before this, you didn't see folks out walking around with their dogs. You didn't see a lot of human interaction. It was folks is either on a computer, behind a screen, hiding off in a room. There was no interaction. So now you're taking people. Like for me, it it's cool to me. I mean, I'm you know being a being a Gen Xer. We've been we was outside, but like my younger sister and her generation, millennials. You mean I gotta go socialize? Exactly. Like, like, <laughs> they don't know anything about that. That's that's an adjustment because we create this society where you're you not really socialize with people. Right. So it is a transition, but it's also interesting to see the dynamic shifting to where it's hey, we gotta go check on each other, we gotta go have more interaction because right. you know, the more we get dependent on data and the internet, I mean stuff changes. And, and especially our small businesses that were not ready. The ones that didn't take uh getting a pro getting their uh, um, social media set up it wasn't a big deal we don't have e-commerce those they struggle right now because now right. it's like you're trying to fix it in a crisis and you asking for someone that's a marketer or an IT person now to help you oh that's a premium buddy there's no ain't no discount ain't no favor yeah it might have cost that. you I can see that too it might have yeah. cost you $49 an hour now <laughs> exactly. charging you $175 I can hour. see that I can see that too I could I mean there's a lot of resources so it's a lot going on. So we have a scenario for you. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> we do have a scenario for you, and we would like for you to um, kind of just discuss the scenario with us and let you, let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a a man mm-hmm. who separated from his wife ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Started dating a new woman within the first year of his separation. Mm-hmm. During that time, he purchased a house for him and his new woman. A new truck upgraded her car, bought her some land so that they could build in the future. He dies unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Should the wife let the other woman keep the cars, house, and land, or would you take it all? Would you plan the funeral or allow her to plan it? No legal separation papers have ever been filed. So he moved forward with this new life without closing the door on the last one. Exactly. Which happens all the time. All the time. Um. Hopefully, he has a will. Let's but say, if he doesn't have a will, let's, let's say, start. Let's start there. Let's say he let's doesn't say, have a will. Let's say worst case scenario, his girlfriend, who's basically a side chick, she's screwed. 
And that's she, what I was she, saying she because is. she literally she has is. no legal. She has no legal grounds to anything that he has. So uh, she, the wife has yeah. to give. Unless permission. if he bought that land and her name is on it, she has some leg up in terms of things that the, that the her name is on. But anything else, managing the estate and all that stuff, this is gonna go back to. Okay. Okay. Wife. From a woman's point of view, what would y'all do? He I mean, moved on. You moved on with your life. If I moved on, he's moved on. Then. I'm going to give her what's hers. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what if the house is hers together. or whatever they've earned together, because I would hate for somebody to do me like that, you know? Um, now, life insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> that belongs to me. <laughs> I, I might take that part, yeah. you know? But, you know, um, what, what belongs to him. So the other part, too, is even though his life insurance policy may come to me, if he's in the military, I get all those benefits. I would get all of that stuff. And so I guess the question is, am like, why are we not why are we not divorced in ten years? I mean, and I understand but it's that a some lot of people, people stay that together because it's, well, if it was if it was well, if that's the point, they don't want to pay for it. If I mean, that's the point, if you don't like want to pay for it, and that's and it's cheaper to keep her, then you gonna then I'm a keeper. Because I think we talked about this before. Everything he bought for them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, would, you would actually separate from somebody. No, and I be, wouldn't, but I'm just saying it's people that do it. But I don't understand why. I don't know why they like, do it you, either, but you hold, I mean, it You happens. separated a whole 10 years, got a whole nother... For one, why the woman didn't step up at some point and, and say, say, you got to get a divorce? Well, probably because she can't move forward. Well, that's what happens a lot of times, too, is women think, well, he bought me the car, and he bought me the house, and he bought me the... And he got me the land, and he's got, like, that's enough to, for some women. So you think that she should plan the funeral, the wife or the girlfriend? Well, she's going to have to go no matter what her input because she's legally the wife. So she's legally she's gonna signing have off to, on everything. Yes, she's going to have to go. So, hold on. Hopefully what they got along. Hold on, right. Because hopefully it wasn't a bitch. Because if they oh, get along. Yeah, it's mine. I, I the house, the land. Yeah, I think fine. I think he's stupid. <laughs> I, I, know, I mean, I can't really. even, I mean, I can't even, it's like one of the things where I can't truthfully say that what would the women do in this scenario? Is because they're both married. If he's buying this stuff, if you are truly a person that's on, if it, this is your assets, protect your assets. Exactly. So, because he didn't, and maybe it was sudden, who knows, but, I mean, ain't nothing he can do. He in the ground. Nothing. But before that, if he's going through that process of planning, it's, man, get it over with, because, I mean, I've, I've, I'm divorced, been divorced seven years, and, and for me, it was like, look, I want to, Look, things Get separated. You know, and I was—I mean, with us, it, it did go. the The divorce proceedings were quick. Okay. But in terms of that separation period to actual divorce, that was two years. So, but I th- but we were just both at that place where we understood this is we wanted to get the business out the way. Um, but in this scenario, yeah, oh buddy. He ain't got nothing to say now. He <laughs> I mean, so I think, so are you wrong as a woman? Say you guys didn't get along, right? And we're in here. If I plan out the, the, the funeral, if I keep all the stuff, am I wrong for keeping I it? I think it's wrong. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. It's legally yours. Regardless if y'all got along or not. 
You done moved on with your life. Y'all ain't been together in 10 that's years. A, that's, what that, if she, didn't what say if she, she had, moved what if on? What if she had moved on with right. her life? Right, didn't say yeah, she and, moved on. And I can see that. Like, if a woman is still bitter, still like, he's supposed to be with me, but he left and he with this woman, I can see that. But, but what if, that's nah, changed the scenario. Hard, what if though. it's the woman, what if the yeah, woman he ends up with, that the reason why y'all are separated is because he was cheating. And the woman he ends up with is it's the hard. woman he was cheating Ooh, on you baby. with. It, are you even like I said? But that I think, scenario can play itself out. But I still so don't think it matters. I, I still, at the end of the day, you're talking about assets and money, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't. I still don't think it matters because she don't have a leg up on, on anything that her neighbor's not on. So mm-hmm. oh, if the wife decides to, because she's, I hopefully she'll get a good lawyer. And they're going to tell her, hey, do this, this, and this. Don't worry about that. And you just kind of... <laughs> and it wouldn't, I mean, take, it wouldn't take much. Listen, I mean, right. the reality is, what is, what is the girlfriend? I mean, because what if you don't keep it? But what if you just sell it? technically, the girlfriend is a side chick. She is. Yeah. So technically, yeah. Do yes. you give, does the side chick have benefits? Never. <laughs> so, yeah. so, she should have been, <laughs> so she should have been smart enough to make sure that those things had her name on it in case yeah, something happened. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so if the wife took everything. And he should have took care of that stuff too. Yeah. 10 years of separation? Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If the wife took yeah. everything. That's that's all on her because she allowed him to still be yeah, married. Yeah. 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 No, I didn't say kids. Yeah, it's just a scenario. No, I didn't say he yeah. is. It did. Oh, I'm sorry. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to say she's wrong for not giving the girlfriend something because I don't know. What if you don't know the dynamic between the two? What if the girlfriend gave her hell all the way through? What if she, you know. So would you just do it to, to be honry? So I wouldn't necessarily it to do it to be I wouldn't necessarily do it to be honry. But if I that's half really, ass what you would do. If I y'all didn't get along. Right, if y'all didn't get along from the, you know, from day one or whatever the case may be. I mean, I said And this woman. You know, she with him on a day-to-day basis for the last however many years. Let's say 10. You know, maybe they, we don't know. Whoever, but you would actually feel okay with taking this some stuff that they established? Not saying that they, I would be okay. He established it. She didn't, we didn't say she. What if they, they, they don't they know that together? I'm sorry, don't. All these feelings in terms of like, <laughs> they don't matter. It does not matter. Because cause at some point, someone's going to look at this from a perspective of, all right, so how what my tax bracket going to look like? Who's having to pay for this asset? being So who's going to be liable for this asset and tax liability, right? So from business-wise, it's like, look, that <laughs> if I split it and I give it to her, then the wife might have to pay taxes on that. So I would rather, hey, I, this is mine. Go on with the house that y'all got. And that land you got, hope you can flip that, make yourself happy, and then just move on. I mean, because it's just a lot. But my question is that they were se- separated 10 years. Like, yeah, that was the scenario. Wow. It said 10 years. 10 years. That's what I'm saying. So, most a- people that are separated 10 years, there's more behind the reason why they're not divorced. No. It I really think ain't a lot of nothing times, behind it. I think, it. It, I think a lot of times, either financially is something behind it or. Because I've I've met people who are like separated that long, but the reason why they're not divorced is because it's cheaper to keep her. You know what I'm saying? It's cheaper. I have. Not, I know people or, that just separate and just just lazy as shit. Right. And ain't getting a divorce. Oh well, then that's on you. Or what if he just wouldn't sign the papers? Or so if you wouldn't sign the papers, am I obligated to give your your side your girlfriend anything? But you don't have to necessarily sign papers. You though. don't. You don't. I mean, you can get a divorce. That's what I'm saying. It. You can get a divorce. Like so, there is absolutely no reason not to have a divorce outside of the fact that maybe assets. I mean, because if you say, for instance, you split up assets, some people are not getting divorces because he got a whole lot of money. But you know, broke people and he that knows. ain't got divorces. Broke people probably don't. Now that's one thing. If he broke in buying a house, a car, and land for his new girlfriend, but oh yeah, that's true. If he if he got a lot, a lot of but, money, but but 
maybe the new girlfriend um, helped him build himself up. That yeah. was just going to say. I was right. thinking right. because, All right, so, you know, before this starts to really kick in. Uh, <laughs> because I, I kind of relate this back to, like, dating in Oklahoma City. Okay. Okay. Go ahead and talk about dating. Let's talk about dating. Let's talk about dating. Because we say that and people look at us like we're wrong when we say it. It's a challenge from a, and I just be just, okay. of course, I can only speak from my own perspective. Um, so it's, it's like simple things, right? Okay. So, you know, grew up in a small town, country life. So you go somewhere, you bring something. So me bringing something I want to share, like scotch or whiskey, is like, that's just kind of what you do. But... Your reaction was, oh, that was nice. That's a gentleman thing to do. I hear that a lot here. And I'm uh, like, yeah. what the? To me, that's, that's just easy, basic stuff. So maybe he moved on to this other girlfriend because she actually helped him. He made me feel like she was a partner. Maybe she was the reason why they got the other house because she helped him with his credit or get invested in his plan or whatever. Right? That, that could be definitely possible because I think oftentimes women get a lot of credit. Because being women, um, you know, uh, y'all are beautiful creatures and human beings and all that kind of good stuff. But I think sometimes women get too much credit. You think? Yeah, <laughs> by default, okay. right? And as if maybe sometimes women are not part of the issue of why it didn't work. Um, and maybe she was an issue. Maybe, and- maybe the girlfriend was the one that was like, hey, she helped me get this. And... Now she's seeing that, well, he has a house and all this stuff, and maybe she don't really want to let go because they're technically married, he's still mine. There's all these different layers to it. That's true. You no, know, that could but, be true, though. That is, but I would hope that true. if the girlfriend was smart enough to help him build like that, she was also smart enough to understand that her name needs to be on stuff. So I think that so I, and I think that sometimes it becomes like, so what ends up happening as the girlfriend who has the ability to build someone up what you learn sometimes too is you're trying really hard to protect yourself from being what's called the gold digger or people say you're the gold digger if you think about yourself but I think that in in that scenario women have to learn to protect themselves as well you're giving just as much into this relationship so you deserve just as much coming out of that relationship and it's nothing wrong with me being able to protect myself in the assets that I help you create, even if I don't get it. You know, even if at the end of the day we have to split it and give it to your kids or whatever the right. scenario may be, I still need to be able to protect myself. Protect your your investment yes. exactly. or yourself? My investment. Okay. Because when I people say protect myself, it sounds like I'm protecting your heart. Me. Right. Yeah, definitely right. investment. Because I'm talking about more like your investment. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you need to, yeah. so if I'm investing in you, yeah. because that is an investment. If I'm if I'm helping you build up your credit and I'm helping you get properties right. and I'm helping you, then I need to be able to right. to protect my investment. Absolutely, absolutely. So just like 100%. the wife has some has some leverage, I need to make sure that I have too because he can list, he can list the side chick as his beneficiary. He could. He can go to work and list that as the beneficiary and then the wife got to go through her I mean, now it might get stuck in court somewhere, but there might be some. What was that movie? Uh, it definitely can get stuck in court, though. But it just gets stuck oh, in court. Oh, power. Like, oh, power. Yeah. What happened? It, last episode of Power, Tasha got screwed. What happened? Oh, you didn't see it? No. Okay, never mind. It's okay. We, nobody no, it's we okay. don't watch Power. Okay, yeah. so at the, at the last of it, you know, Ghost dies. I don't think Ghost was dead yet, in my opinion. But he's dead, but assets are divvied up. Angela and her family got stuff. 
And basically, <laughs> he was like, you know, Angela was a side chick. No, Tasha, yeah. Tasha yeah. didn't get nothing. That's How a- is that when she was the wife? Because she didn't hit because the way he set it up because you can legally give your property and your assets to whomever you want them to have them if you legally set it up right. And that's wrong as hell. But Which is I mean, why I don't understand why families. I think, I think where it shifted is when, when Tasha dipped in with his with the driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you did uh, that, it's kind of like mm. Tasha was kind of Tasha was yeah. after. She Tasha was. was giving it to everybody, right? But that's the thing. I think that that's the I part. Said, like I watched it. That's what I heard. <laughs> I read that on Facebook. But Tasha was. Tasha was. Tasha was throwing it out there. She was giving it up. But that's she why was. I don't believe in fighting over assets. Because if you wanted me to have something, there is a way for you to give it to me. Yeah. And so, like that, I always I've said that. Like if you wanted me to have something, there is a way for you to sign paperwork to whatever you needed to do to make sure that whatever it was I was supposed to get came directly to me. Doesn't have to go through your wife. Don't have to go through your kid. This kid, this family member, it comes directly to me. And so, because I know that I'm aware of that, then for me, I would. I mean, like, I wouldn't be the girl that's married, like, with somebody that's married for ten years that don't have a name on something. So if you didn't go take care of that, because we probably had a conversation about that several times. You hope you had a conversation about. No, it. I'm gonna have that conversation because I've already I've recently gone through that in my family, so I already knew that. Like that was something that we already when when it came down to I'm gonna be transparent. So when my father passed away and the conversation came up as to what his kids were getting, my conversation was if my name wasn't enlisted as a beneficiary on any of his items, he clearly didn't want it to go through me. If his, it goes through his wife and whatever his wife decides to give to us is what she decides to give to us, that's, through, that's, be, that's between the two of them. Right. So if you wanted me to have something, you would have signed, you would have put listed me as a beneficiary. You would have listed me on your will. There's ways for you to be able to have things directly come directly to me and my kids. You just got to be smart enough to do it, though. Because right. a lot of people out here, just they're not doing wheels. They're not doing trust. They're a lot not of people doing none not. of that. A lot but, of people but, I think, but, even, but we don't have you know, those conversations about estate planning. Nope, we, we do not. Because like, I mean, what does that sound like? Because you got to think about it. Systemically, you know, the first seven years after we were freed as a people, we were the largest workforce, skilled workforce. Hmm. So it goes back into Jim Crow, yeah. to get us back enslaved. You got USDA, you know, you know, taking loans from farmers. So all this stuff happens. We never had a chance to talk about estate planning. You know, at one point in time, black farmers had over 120. It was like over 120 million acres of land in the United States. Oh, wow. Now it's less than a million. Right. So when you think about it, we never had a chance. And I hate it when people start talking about other other communities. We were not immigrants. <laughs> immigrants got money to come here. We were not immigrants. We were indentured servants. We were slaves, what we were. So, has, so when, when you're talking about how do we really establish a a wealth plan, every law that's written has been based on keeping black folks enslaved. So how do we then have the conversation when my great-grandmother was a slave? Yeah. Like, slave descendants, that's not far from us. Mm. So it's, it's really hard, but but I think that's not an excuse to then start talking about, hey, look, how do we build and invest? Exactly. I mean, excuse me, there's so much land on the east side that People should be invested. I'm going to say this out loud because it's been bothering me for the past two weeks. Stocks are low. Great. If you put several thousand dollars in stocks, then why the blankety blank blank 
Are you, you not taking? You like why are you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to give us blame. You know, I mean, I, you know I'm trying to be responsible in my, in my in my capacity in the city. But but why did you not take some of that money and buy land here on the east side? True. I mean, it don't it don't cost. You can buy a lot for five hundred bucks, but you spend two thousand dollars with Boeing, Boeing stock. We're gonna crash. You might not get that money back, but you could have bought a lot for 500 bucks, put a duplex on it, invest in real estate, tax dollars. I mean, I think those are conversations that we should have more of. And and that's why for me, it's more about, even with OKC Black Eats, is the mission's bigger than food. It's like, let's start having that conversation about why are we not building and investing? You know, when I moved back here, like living in Houston, I got to see people burning down homes. Like burning a house down and Clint and blaming it on crackheads, it wasn't a crackhead. It was investor developers yeah. burning houses down, going back and buying it cheap. Next thing you know, there's like four townhomes on that on that little spot right there, conveniently off the freeway. That's three hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> a pop. I Okay, first of all, we got a president that does that kind of. No, it's believable, yeah. but I, like, that's just crazy to me that. People would do that because I, I mean I know they target people in like like in distress, mm-hmm. you know financial bad financial situations. Mm-hmm. But to stoop their low like to burn a property knowing that they can't rebuild it, it, it's, it's crazy. No, it's no different than what redlining was. So when you start, so I'm a I'm a member of the um, of Urban Land Institute. So we had a, a book club reading called uh, we read the the Color of Law. It's a book that you should read because it talks about redlining, deed restrictions, uh, banking, and all that kind of stuff. Is that the um like the map? Yeah, on the front. Okay. Of the, yeah, it's yes. called the color of law. The, yeah, the color of law. Yeah. Okay. So I know what you're talking. We about. actually took a copy of a of a deed from Nichols Hills, and Military Park, and we looked at these different areas and looked at the deed restrictions, and some of these deed restrictions from the 1940s specifically said we allow whites, Native Americans, no Negroes. Oh, wow. So when you look at how our communities are de- are defined here in Oklahoma City, so we joke about some areas, well, look at the deed restrictions from 50 years ago. Oh, wow. wow. So the culture was created where it did not allow us to be there. Because you look at where City Hall is downtown, that's where um, slave quarters were downtown. Further pushed us east. And there were white people that lived east. And this is going to be controversial, too. But the, it's the fact. Paige Woodson wasn't a white school. It wasn't a black school. Never wasn't a black school either. Paige Woodson was a white school. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was called, uh, I think, the Lowry School. It was a white school. Oh. That became integrated. Name got changed to Douglas. Officially changed to Paige Woodson. Now it's Paige Woodson, the integrated, the, the black school in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. No. They forget the part of the story that that was a white school. They call it as the black school. No, that was a white school. Yeah, because mm-hmm. well, the east side was the white neighborhood. I mean, it was a lot well, of yeah, white on the east you side. You could, my and grandpa says you couldn't move. You could blacks couldn't move past Northeast A Street. Yep. They could. So Deep Deuce was black. Yep. yep. So that was where black people lived. That's where black culture was in Oklahoma. He said because black people after a certain time curfew, you couldn't go past A Street. And so then it started to expand Sundown. further east. Yep. 
And so um, he talks about that all the time. Like, and Douglas was an all-black school, was one of the first all-black schools, but Millwood wasn't an all-black school. Millwood was a white school that integrated and then became a black school. Um, so I do know that. Like, so all the schools that we try to coin as, like, coin as black schools, Douglas is truly the only, like, might, might be the only black school. I, there was white school because um, yep. my yep. grandparents, when you look at their pictures and stuff, there's whites in their pictures. Mm-hmm. Really? Are there? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that stuff is important when we try to figure out like why is today happening the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about, um, so I did this uh, presentation with this. It's called Ignite. It's like a TED Talk at Tower Theater, and the first slide was um, I was scared. I don't lie. I was I was <laughs> I was scared. I didn't. Um, I was walking up, getting ready to do uh, talking about the evolution of black owned restaurants in Oklahoma City. I was scared shitless. Um, I forgot everything I was going to say because you don't get to talk from a, from notes. But there's a slide down here and it just rolls. So if you don't remember what you said, like you're gonna you're freezing. So you you don't see nobody in front of you except for first two rows of people. So I get up there and I'm literally about to throw up and I forgot every word because I knew I was like my first two slides are talking about gentrification. First slide shows deep deuce black folks deep deuce. Second slide. Whitewash. So I say to the equivalent of um, in 1915, uh, white city leaders um, implemented laws to segregate our city. Now, Deep Deuce is a whitewashed community. And I made that up going into it because I forgot what I was going to say. Um, but I switched it. It's like, well, we took Ciroc, we took lemonade, make Ciroc lemonade, it laughed out of it. But the fact of the matter was is that, you know, this area around here was black. And it took 102 years to gentrify Deep Deuce. The last black-owned storefront business in Deep Deuce was December 2017. Wow. Parks Bar and Grill. Yep, I remember that. My cousin PJ owned it. That's the last black-owned storefront there. And it's not there anymore, is it? Nope. Nope. Deep Deuce is is completely whitewashed. So when you look at, in terms of the development on the east side, you look at it, you understand, like, this stuff happened 40, 50 years ago. And some of... These people are descendants of uncles and grandparents. It's it's not anything far. So, how do we get engaged in that process? How do we push? I think it's important to know. Like like I said, for me, that was the first time that I actually had the opportunity of like sitting down and being like, you know, right. there's other ways and other means to give. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, unfortunately, I had to lose my father in order to learn that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think that we have to have these kind of conversations. Like, we have to participate in this kind of stuff in our community so that we do know. Like, it's important yeah. to have your estate and your will. Estab- like, it's important to have that kind of stuff established because if it's not established. Now, the other part of this, the other side of this is I do have grandparents who are quite wealthy or will be considered wealthy enough. And so I do realize that there, that was the other part of understanding for me is because we are on their wills. Um, they every baby that's born, every child that's born, they ask for their information. They get their information because you know they're going on their wills, right. and they're separating out their estates. Um, it's same with us for our both grandparents. I have a grandparent set of grandparents here, and I have a grandparent set of grandparents in California. So I do know that in both estates, you know they've they've taken care of that, and they always updated as a child is born. They updated with the kids that are born, um, but I was blessed because again my grandparents did come out of the generation of oppression and they did find their way to wealth and they have found out 
you know, ways to financially, you know, secure themselves. But they didn't pass that knowledge down to us. You know, so it wasn't like we were taught that. And it's not talked about enough in the black community. I don't think blacks want to talk about death. And they don't want to talk about what you're going to do with your property. And some people be like, well, I don't really have nothing. But it doesn't matter if you don't hardly have anything. You still need to do something. You think and you don't have nothing. You think you don't have nothing. Yeah, until you pass away. And yeah, but it's something that we need to talk more about. And I don't know if they need to teach it in schools or, like, us as parents need to take the responsibility and make sure we teach our kids. Yeah, but you don't, you don't know what you don't know. Like, when I left, so after high school, I actually went to TU. I went to Tulsa. And I was like, I got to get out of here. So when I moved to Houston, that was my first time knowing that black folks could be Catholic, hmm. that black folks spoke French. I was like, it felt like a, a different a world. Shock. Yeah. <laughs> I almost flunked out my first year because I was like, I was studying, but I didn't understand what it looked like to see black millionaires and black politicians and black folks speak up. And I, didn't, I had no clue what that was. Mm-hmm. So seeing it and realizing that it's there, but then how do we create this network of conversation? I think there's a lot of fear in this city of sharing. Yes, because if is. you because if you share, if you share, that means I might lose. Yeah, yep. like you're not going to lose by sharing because you're not going to be able to keep it anyway. But I think it's it's a really it's a beautiful feeling to know that I shared an opportunity with somebody else and you see them winning. Yes. Because that person is never going to forget that you were the person exactly. that helped them get to a certain place. Right. And you don't know what conversation that they were having with somebody else. Right. And it, it's going to come back to you. Um, but we have we have been subjected to loss and manipulation and all this stuff for so long. At what point, at what part of our generation says, that's not going to be acceptable anymore. I'm actually going to share. I'm actually going to say, like, hey, if I get a door open... And I might be the only black person. If I have to be the only black person at the table right now, is my mindset of I'm the only black person right now, but I need to get more black folks on committee. I'm going to do this three-year term. I'm going to be on this board development committee. I'm going to get more nominations. I'm going to phase out. But I'm going to phase out so that way somebody else black can, phase in. can yeah. get in that seat too. Right? And I think, I think we just need more public examples to, to really rock the boat and shift the dynamic of mindset here. Because people just hold on to stuff for too long. And, I mean, I'll be honest, I pissed off a lot of people because I'm not willing to kiss the ring. I'm not willing to do that. I was going to say that because I've seen your platform and how they come for you on your platform. Hey. You posted the other day how somebody said that your platform was racist. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I read it, yeah. actually. You, you get a lot of that? I don't think I saw oh, it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there, I mean I, there's... So, <laughs> it was the... So starting off doing Black Eats, um, it was because I moved here. Remember, I was gone for almost 18 years. So coming back to Oklahoma City and you see all these restaurants and food stuff, and I was like, man, this is cool. So I post stuff and friends are, where you at? I'm like, I'm down the street from the house, from where you live. I'm at River Sports. It's free. Come on out. And they just didn't, you know, when you live somewhere so long, you have these blinders on. And so honestly, a lot of restaurants didn't want to do it. They didn't want to. Oh, we have brunch. We let's do a brunch, but no, we have breakfast. No, brunch and breakfast is not the same thing, right? No. So when it started happening, it started picking up. But yeah, I, I've gotten a lot. There's so much more in my inbox and email. Than that, <laughs> it's um, worse. So than what? That? So what happened? I guess I missed the post. Oh my gosh. Um, I've gotten stuff from even even. So I'm a registered Democrat. I've gotten stuff from Democrats, fellow Democrats, that said that oh, that's the guy that supports. Um, that racist group that supports only black-owned restaurants. 
that white folks can't come. Well, this reverse discrimination that white folks can't come to uh, OKC black events. I've even had black-owned restaurants. Oh, wow. I'm going to read the message. It said, I came across your app today, and after some time thinking about it, I oh. think y'all are some racist piece of shits. Um, if there was a white version of this, you'd be crying racism so loud you could hear it in, on the fucking moon. Sound, and sound doesn't even travel in space. You're promoting racism, plain and simple. Fuck you and your racist piece of shit. You are a racist piece of shit. So that was from, so I started talking to the guys from um, Eat Okra, which they promote uh, black restaurants across the United States. So we started working together. That was the message to them. Um, but okay. there were other messages during Black Restaurant Weeks where it was very similar to that and even a bit more. Um, and I told myself I was going to delete them. But then I told myself, if I don't let people see it then people will think that oh I'm making a situation that no we do or we are a very receptive no we're not and so I think it does take a certain level of strength to be able to to allow people to tell you that this thing where you're trying to support black restaurants and black business because not to sound vain but before 2017 did you know there were 52 black owned restaurants in Oklahoma City? No. No. I did not know that till just now. Right. Did, did you know? Because most black restaurants can't count more than 10. And most Not, of us no, can't count more than 10. Right. Most of us only count what we've, what we've right. eaten at. Like, exactly. right. So you talk about, like, hold on, let's go. Let's, if there's Louis, there's Florence's, Who? there's... Um, Leo's. Oh, Leo's. Leo, sorry. Okay. Oh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Louis is just Leo. Sorry, sorry. Leo's, Florence's, you have Ice Event Center, you have, um, what is it? That's that is that's it. You said Flo- this, uh, is, this it. is it. Did you this say Florence's? I said Florence's. Um, is Spree still open? Who? Spree. I don't think so. No. Uh-uh. Shut up. It's been over a year. Um, um, I do know. Uh, um, what's the oh, off the hook? Off the hook. What's the one over here? Um, the uh, no. the barbecue blaze. <laughs> Oh, how, how, I'll keep going. Happy, happy, happy. I was like, come on, it's like two blocks away. <laughs> 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 happy, 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 happy. Best rib tips in the city. Yeah. Um, else and I've been saying that on Facebook. Bistro. Brielle's Bistro. Bistro. Um, 23rd. 23rd and Green. Right here. What's By the that? tag agency. Oh, um, um, Bistro 46. Yeah, Bistro, Bistro 46. Yeah. There's, um... Oh shit! Getting lost. Catfish and Paw Boys. Oh um, but um, oh no no no, That's beef fine. and beef and buns. Beef this is one. Okay, right there. Um, so we're a ten. We're a ten. Fifty-two. Y'all so we still have we still have forty-two, have 42 more. more um restaurants. Actually, will be fifty-six in like forty-five days. Are you serious? And see, that's the thing. Like we so don't. So you think about that, that number? Um, I I've connected with some friends in Dallas, and. We have about the equivalent of the same black-owned restaurants in Oklahoma City Metro that they have documented in Dallas. But we just don't know that. that and so that was the point, though. right? So that was my point. When I came here, I was like, I'm looking for black-owned restaurants, and then nobody had a list. So I'm a sales guy. So I literally, my first seven months, every Saturday, I drove. So I have an Excel spreadsheet of every black-owned restaurant that I know of, all that stuff. And so it wasn't until the pushing the conversation of, Hey, this is black owned. This is black owned. This is black owned. And then talking to those black owned restaurants, but they can't say what I say. They can't say they deal with racism in a certain way. They can't because they got customers. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm not a restaurant owner. Right. And that's just not being in me to be able to like be silent. So 
I'll speak up for them when they can. Um, and it's good to be able to see now, I see more now of black folks saying like, hey, I'm going here for brunch or I'm going there. Because mm-hmm. even for me, I thought it was going to be hard to support black business. I, I did because somebody fed it to me. It was hard to support black business. But now I'm like, I look at probably 80% of everything I do is black supporting black business because I don't that's think good. about it anymore. Oh, so that's real good. That I, don't even, good. I, don't, I don't even think about it anymore because we have some of the best chefs. There's even chefs that are in uh, white-owned restaurants or non-black-owned restaurants that are killing it. There's a black chef at um, at um, the Mantle Bistro. It's been there 10 years. Killing it. Killing it. Hmm. But, and I so, think they and have so black that, chefs at right? the Bass, too. Oh, they have plenty of yeah, chefs. Yeah, they have. They have them at, uh, what is that place called? Um, is it, what is it, um, the place on, by Concord, the Concord Hotel downstairs? Oh, Flint. Flint? Flint, yep. Oh, it's got yep. some in there, too. Cause, and I went to Platt College. There were so many black chefs that are coming out. And, and they feel like they want to go to a black-owned restaurant, but even those culinary schools don't have those relationships. So they get, I've had, I almost quit doing OKC Black Eats. Why? A year into it. I was frustrated and I had a chef walk up to me and cry and I was like what's wrong I thought something was wrong and she was like I was going to quit cooking because I couldn't get an opportunity and so we did the black foodie summer for the first time and she was like this made me want to keep doing it oh wow right because now what you see now like we got the we got the cover of the gazette Yep. Yep. I know. Right? Yeah, that was. And nice. I'm like, dude, like, we have a lot of damn talent here. So even what's going on with this crisis now, it's, I feel like I'm one of the few people that are still saying like, hey, hey, don't forget about black-owned restaurants. That's cool. These that's cool, all the other kind of stuff, but you know, so when Chanel posts about Sonic next door to her getting all this traffic and business, and they hardly ever get any traffic and business right now, and they sitting there like, oh, we were the top dog last week, and then now next week. Nobody's really coming in. Like, that to me makes it... I, I get more fired up in holding our leaders accountable who were supposed to be in position to help the grow commerce for us. Hey, this is what you were elected to do. This is what you were supposed to do. Now it's the time to show that you really are a leader to help our businesses. So yeah. what made you want to do okay, see Black Eats? Is it just because you didn't really see people promoting it out here? Um, or was it something you were a part of when you were in Houston? The real, <laughs> the real plan was to. I had a business I started in two thousand five called Get Connected Mixers. So I was doing happy hour, first Friday, Aloft Hotel down there was a client. My thing was happy hour, so that's why I, networking is kind of like what I enjoy doing. Okay. <laughs> so that was the goal, <laughs> and then it changed to what's up with the brunt scene. I went to a restaurant, not gonna name downtown. I had salmon, I had this great brunch meal, bottom of samosas, and spent $30. That's good. I couldn't spend that. In Houston, I was gonna spend at least $60. Right. And so, but I was taking clients out on gas, and I was like, where are the black owned restaurants at? So it just started off as just like, hey, let's go support a black owned restaurant. And then more I talked to black restaurant owners, I was like, okay, there's more support needed here. So it evolved from that to just doing a social thing to it became a business idea. Then it became a economic development platform. So everything that I'm doing with this is all about how do I keep the dollar within our community. So we have two missions. Nice. It's the first thing is is keeping is creating a platform of visibility, and the second part is uh, keeping the dollar within our community. 
So Black Restaurant Week, that's all it was. It was about keeping a dollar within us. Um, the goal was to generate $225,000 of direct spending to those businesses. Oh, wow. Um, and collectively, we did that. Nice. Um, which turns that into nice a to report you. to show, we're working on this report now, where to show the impact of black-owned restaurants to tourism. Because, so I'm a commission on the Convention and Visitors Bureau. And think about all the value. So we talked, we counted restaurants. Right. Think about, I want y'all to count how many landmarks and resources that we have on the east side. We have the Oklahoma Black History Museum. (laughs) That's on Lincoln. Um, Which I did not know about until until they were giving out that um, New, the New York Times in that newspaper. Sixteen nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's when I found out about that museum on the inside. When your brother it? came over here that day, that's when I found out. That's when I found out too. What else yeah. is on the inside? Um, there's landmarks. Just 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 start naming stuff that's on the inside. Name and stuff on the east side? Prince Hall. It's a landmark. I mean, it is a landmark. It's a landmark. It really is. It really is. It really is. Um, The circle that's no longer the circle, but um, y'all know the circle. Let me me qualify. So what museums, um, really like big businesses or corporations are on the east side? I'll start you off. Ice Event Center. That's not. I'll start you off. We have the Capitol. Yeah. It's on the east side. We have the okay, we got the Oklahoma History Museum. I get the Oklahoma History Museum. That's over mm-hmm. there too. You have yeah, the Science Cowboy. Museum. You got the Cowboy, Cowboy Hall of Fame. Then the medical community. Yeah, OU Medical Center. Mm-hmm. Um, Homeland Headquarters. Homeland Headquarters. Oh, it's on Thirty Six in Lincoln. Shut up. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. It says HAC. Okay. okay. Um, the okay. Black Firefighters. Uh, the Black Firefighters, uh, what's the name is over here? It's on 36th and Lincoln, too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Tinker Federal Credit Union. Mm-hmm. About to have an environmental um, agency. Oklahoma, yes. Huh? Oklahoma Environmental Services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About to have yeah, they're, yeah, they're moving over here. Off, off Kelly. Yeah, off I'm Kelly. sorry, you're hot. You're sweating. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. I, sh- I shave my head, I'm so not, that's why it's funny. But I would like someone to drink, though. But, so, here's, here's my point. I'll take that bottle. Okay. Um, but here's my point. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, that's right. But I think about. But I think here, that's, that's my point though. Because we can't name them, we don't know. It's not even about naming them, but we understand all that we have. When we when we think about all that we have, you'd be like, "Damn! Like we got all this stuff on the east side." It makes sense why people want to move and invest in the, on the east side. I mean, I understand why people want to move and invest on the east side. There's gyms on the east side. I've learned that. Just you said gym. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are small gyms yeah. and pockets and corners. And property and tax is cheap over here, too. So, Very cheap. So land Very is cheap. cheap land. And you have assets. You right. have land, cheap, land is cheap. Centralized. a lot of businesses over here. So if I'm, a, if I'm an investor developer, I want to live over here. Everything but a right. grocery store. Exactly. But they're putting in uptown groceries. No. Let's reframe my conversation. We do have groceries. Okay, we have Otwells. Where? Otwells? There's Otwells. There's the little corner mart right up here at Kelly and 23rd. Huh? So there are... What color? 23rd and Kelly what? Where were the... The the gas station's closed, right? Yeah. Yes. Right on the... Right there, twenty third and Kelly. It's a gas... It's a a, a corner mart? Yeah, they sell fresh fruit and vegetables there. Who does? What is it called? The old Wick office? 
I think that's used to be the old Wick office. You gotta look like, like a little drive through ends. No, looks like it. I yeah. thought that was still a Wick office. No, oh, it's no. it's like a grocery it's like a grocery store now. Okay, where? Yeah. I live right, right here, right here so Kelly. I don't even know. Yeah. Okay. He's, talking, he's talking about Prime. It's uh, it used to be it maybe look like it's probably like a Sonic or something like See, that. Yeah, that's it the used old to be the old Wick office. Yeah, it's not. It's a grocery store. You can go in there and buy fresh fruit and vegetables in there. Are you serious? Yep. yep. Did yeah. not know that. Absolutely. No, she gonna be up there tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all and know so, I love my vegetables. And so that's for me when I say let's reframe our conversation because somebody told us there was no there was nothing. I'm saying because I live over here. I know and, I get and it, it is right? I get scarce. Like you, you got to go to Outwells and pick through whatever, whatever. But I mean, I just don't. That, that is, but that that is true, right? So, but, I, but I think if you start, if you keep saying. What we don't have, right? You start thinking that I gotta go to the Walmart and bail out and get treated like shit over there to go shop, or I gotta go to Edmond when like you can go right over there to get fresh fruit and vegetables. You or, can, you know what I'm saying? But but uh, this it, it's, is the it's, part. it's not it's not the level of service that we want. It's a disparity too because I feel disparity. like the issue is also that you can go to Otwell's and salt and pepper costs five dollars. Whereas you go to Walmart, it's a dollar. It's, it's, it's going to be four dollars at Walmart, but right. it'll be three at Crest. That's, right. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but, but yeah. the, the problem is yeah. that the prices of things are so high. And I feel bad because one time I was at Family Dollar and there was this like woman like literally grocery shopping out of Family Dollar. And so I was like, why is she grocery? And, and then it hit me like, okay, because either she grocery shops out of the Family Dollar or she grocery shops out of Otwell. If you're using food stamps, what's what's going to stretch? But think about the people who don't have food stamps that buy WIC items. So if I don't have, if I don't, if I'm going to shop for something cheaper, and I'm going to buy the WIC items, guess what? The person that needs it can't buy it. Right. Right. So there's all this stuff in there, and I'm just saying to bring it up because I think if we have the conversation of awareness, like now you know, like okay, at least I know there's something there. Let me not get the WIC item because there's someone who probably needs it that relies on public transportation or a shuttle to get there to get that thing. But if I take it off the shelf and I don't really need it, like leave it on the shelf for someone who does need it. And and that's just the thing. So back to the, about the whole like racist comments that I get is I'm pushing the conversation. And I'm not afraid to do that because we got to start talking about, because if we don't talk about it, who else is going to talk about it? Does it bother sure. you though? If you get those type of comments? It used to. When did I, you stop letting it bother you? Uh, when I realized that all the white racist bigots would say the same thing. Oh, okay. It feels like, and oh, it y'all like all, new. Like, y'all all got together and was like, yeah, yeah that's you're all a racist. You yeah. You're a bigot. I heard this before. Yeah, yeah. you know, why does it have to be separated? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, okay. Gotcha. I yeah. think sometimes they don't understand, and I, this is just not saying that they have an excuse for it, but I think that white people don't understand that there's genuinely no resources for us. And so some things that we exactly. we don't have, that they don't understand their privilege to the point of understanding that there are some places that we just, we sit in here naming, we've all lived in Oklahoma City all our life. We can name 10 restaurants. There's 52 restaurants. And then it's so much privilege. They have so much privilege. So it's like, let us, you know, if we want to create something for us, let us do that in peace without it being... I mean, it kind of like the, um, the race card every time. Yeah, instead of throwing a race card or whatever, kind of like the uh, the beauty pageants, the Black Miss America, or whatever. It, what is it called? That's not the right thing. But yeah, oh, I was like USA Miss America. Global. Yeah, but it it's was the like black all, one. Yeah. Oh, um, Miss Black Oklahoma, yeah. Miss Black. 
it's it's the the universal one yeah but it's black but it's basically all black women or whatever mm-hmm. but they had an issue with that because they were like well if y'all can have y'all own why can't we have our own why well, can't we just have you all white have women? your own I mean, every now and then you Burley. see a black woman. You yeah, because I watched the one that we just had. The which pageant was we? We just had. Yeah, but there's one. no, there's no. You yeah. you'll have tokenism, but you won't have winners. Right. right? Exactly. And it and was I, only and probably think, two or three. And I don't. And, and I think where we get, I think our our desire to have our own thing comes from we've have our cultural identities taken from us from the time we were fooled by other Africans to get on a boat to the time we got here to even being here we've been fooled so much so who do you trust so we have trust issues right so when we Which say we, we want share. our own there's okay for me to say it's okay for me to say my chef is black funny story <laughs> so, um I don't know how long this podcast is going to go you good no you good um, <laughs> so I, I I deliberately wear a my chef is black t-shirt um because Proud of, I'm proud of being black. Um, and I know that people that say stuff online will never say that stuff to my face. Um, I can get you politically. I can do the you know switch code talk, all that to you. I can do all that stuff. I've had to get face-to-face with some folks in some professional settings as well. Um, so I went to this event, fundraiser. It was really cool. Um, and I was like, I'm going to wear this shirt. <laughs> you like ruffling feathers, don't you? Um, they already knew. <laughs> I'm going to wear this shirt. And it was in a, I, I knew I was probably going to be the only black guy there. Um, oh, God. I, I had friends. And my, you know, my white buddies were there. Like, we were really, really cool. And they was cool. So I walked up. So I'm walking toward where they're having the fundraiser at. And this older white woman, um, she's walking toward me. I didn't know she was coming to talk to me. I thought she was just walking really fast. Cause nobody knows me that she's going to see somebody else. I was like, <laughs> beeline straight toward me and says, my chef is black too. It was a long, I was like, <laughs> she had to be like 78 years old. Apparently she was drinking. And I was like, Meh. so when my white buddies with me, he was like, Ooh, and he was probably as, maroon as your laptop. <laughs> and so she said, I said, Oh, that's, I said, that's nice. Let me keep walking because I was like, damn it, I'm trying to get, at least get a drink first before, because they had premium open bar. I was trying to get to the food. I, you know. So she came back again. So when she came back again, she wasn't really saying as an older white woman that, hey, I have help in my kitchen. She was just really trying to tell me, oh, one of my good, one of my people that we work with that I really like, he's black too. That's what she was trying to say. <laughs> it just didn't come out like that. And so I was, I, I get odd stares. I went to Black Walnut because Chef Black is the mm-hmm. chef over there at Black Walnut. Mm-hmm. I'm walking to the bathroom. Another white guy. Apparently he had enough wine. He beelines toward me and I, I'm like trying to move around. Um, and he goes, Chef Black would love your shirt. I said, what? He said, because your chef says, I love Chef Black. I said, it doesn't say that. I said it says my chef is black. He was like, "Oh, turn around, walked off." <laughs> and so for me, I'm good to make these drastic statements because I can tell you this is God's honest truth. Every week, I'm having a conversation with somebody who's not black, wanting to share 
here's the power comes in of not getting tired anymore. Because if I don't give people who really want to understand our culture a chance to get their thoughts out and not feel um, they're going to be judged, how am I going to educate them that we would be supportive? Yeah. How can I introduce them to my culture when they feel like as a white person, I'm going to be judged right away? So I do get pissed off when I see our influencers going at white folks unfairly. Now, some deserve it. Um, but the one person that actually changed how I shifted in OKC Black Eats was one of my white classmates. Because I was saying, come to the east side. It's just normal. Come to the east side and eat. Um, and I'm over here at these board meetings. I'm going to these predominantly events and I'm the only speck in the room or whatever. But what she would do to me, and I tell this story, she knows I tell this story. Uh, I won't say her name because she's an amazing person. But she would always say, Apollo, are you okay? Um, introduce me to people and make me feel comfortable in these all-white environments. I'm talking about four or 500 people. I invited her to brunch. I didn't do that to her. Came to brunch. I was like, hey, you got a table over there? Cool. You'll be all right because that's my friend. Oh, you'll be all right. That's what black folks do. You cool. Sit at the table. Auntie will take care of you. That's all I did. <laughs> and she was like. Uncomfortable. I was like, you all right? She was like, yeah, I'm fine. I knew she wasn't. So later on, we went and we sat down and she <laughs> said, um, she said, I'm not comfortable. And I was pissed. I said, what do you mean? I'm black every day. This is when we black, black men was getting shot. All that stuff. Terrence Crush just got killed. All that stuff. But what she showed me was is that I didn't give her an opportunity to understand our culture in the same way that she was giving me the opportunity to understand her environment. And that's when stuff started to change with OKC Black Eats. So now, I'm when I see people who are not black or don't live in the community anymore that intensely support, I'm like, there we go. It's not about only being black. It's about supporting black-owned businesses. Right, exactly. Period. No right. what you look like. So, right, right. So that, that, that does motivate me to say, look, that's that bullshit over there. But I think about how many businesses. In our first year, over $114,000 in, in, in revenue was generated for black businesses. Oh, wow. Like, just doing what I was just passionate about doing. So it seemed right. to get better to get more city support. Um, we ain't going to talk about the lack of black media support that I got but whatever <laughs> talk about it what do you mean like, the lack know. of black media support none zero like no all media, media? So, media none zero and you know explain what explain that though like what do you mean black media support like people sharing your stuff or no. not not supporters black so, media support oh, so like Perry Broadcasting, like black media. like people So is that. it a lot of black media? I mean, because we don't... Cause, uh, you no, know, well, I guess you have black like, media professionals? Yes. I get that. Black media? No. Black Restaurant Weeks I had no... There were no features, support, media, nothing from that one black-owned media station, newspaper, nothing. Gotcha. Are you serious? 100% black. Why do you think that is? Why do, do you think it's an Oklahoma thing? It's a black people thing. Maybe. And not even that, because I've been a part of some conversations with other cultures, and they're worse than us. Really? Uh, yeah. 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 Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I don't culture, think which culture you talking about? Because we always think other cultures is just like... It's like so supportive. So supportive like... of each other. <laughs> no. Mm. Not always the case? Not at all. No. 
<laughs> they just play it off really well. They just keep their business to themselves. I was like, they play it off really well. Not playing it off really well. They just, it's like, hey, what happens here stays here. Right. You start talking outside of there. You know I guess it's just black people that always want to go to social media and everybody else and be like, she didn't do this. Because in some cultures that if you talk outside of them, then they will beat you. I mean, domestic abuse. Is but I can understand it's, it's some levels of, I can understand some levels of that where you like protect the culture and protect the, and protect the, because I think sometimes we let too much out. We put too much out there. When we frustrated. Yeah, we put way too much out there. Sometimes you ain't even got to be frustrated. Well, you don't got to be. Yeah. I mean, either you frustrated or sometimes we feel like people owe us something or people supposed to do this. Because we were slaves. Asians, Hispanics, um, they were immigrants. We were slaves. They were paid. Other ethnic groups were paid to come here. They got money and grants. That's why Dr. King was assassinated. Because he said <laughs> these communities See, I didn't were given. Realize that, that no. They were paid to come here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are grants and things that, that help support them through no, getting no. businesses and things no. like that. So, Probably not as much for Hispanics because of the whole. But the pay to come here part, I guess no. that's the So part. there's a large part of the Asian community. The, the largest, Oklahoma has one of the largest Vietnamese communities in, uh, per, I think, per capita. Um, a large part of their success was getting paid to choose to come to Oklahoma. Really? And I'll reshare this to y'all, but Dr. King, when he said, he was like talking about affordable housing, uh, loans, and farmers. That's why he was assassinated. Not because he was saying, you know, separate, equal, and peaceful, if we will overcome. It's because he, at the last piece of his life, was saying, hey, we, y'all gave them loans and grants, and the USDA helped them. Y'all were taking stuff from us for giving money to these immigrant communities. We're not immigrants. Black folks are not immigrants. We were indentured servant slaves. We were not given the same opportunities as an immigrant community is given. We are not immigrants. Not. So they got a leg up. That was, you talk, Dr. King was assassinated what? 1964. Talking about going on 60 years. My mom is, my dad is 65. The age gap is my dad's age, just about 60 years ago. That's why I always say that, too. I always say that um, I think we're a um, privileged culture because we don't realize how how close to, like, um, civil rights, the civil rights movement we really are mm-hmm. and how close to, like, Jim Crow we really are mm-hmm. like we're not that far out like you're talking like my grandparents were like in the midst of Jim Crow like mm-hmm. you talk go from there my great grandparents were slaves <laughs> like yeah. you go further back my great great grandparents was definitely slaves on the on the um you know in the cotton fields picking cotton you know so when you think about like coming up through that I think that sometimes we fail to realize we're only about three or four generations out So we think we're supposed to have so much and be doing so much and and get so much. And it's because we truly are in a space now where we can capitalize on the ability to teach each other and to learn some things and to grab some opportunities and try to create some opportunities for generations that will go before us. Because a lot of us probably aren't going to see where black people are truly equal. Watch this. So who who taught you that? Who taught you that? My My mom. Who didn't teach you that? Cause, cause she, I, she, she spin it out. But who, who, 
Who didn't teach you that? My parents. Okay. So, um, your parents are home? Mine would be 60. So, they're baby boomers. Yeah. Right. So, when you think about, there's this gap in baby boomers. The ones who got it and taught it, and the ones who benefited as baby boomers that didn't teach it. My parents didn't teach me this. So who teaches, let's say, the, who teaches you how to fight today? You. Right. Because you got to figure it out. Like, right. how, figure but, it out. but if I'm not in a space to figure out what it means to fight against gentrification or to advocate for not a loan for small businesses, but for um, um, uh, grants and free money, a bailout. How do you? How I do mean, I know? The capital is right here, yeah. but we. But what I've just learned, even last year, is you mean I can go and talk to my legislator and say I want this on your agenda, mm-hmm. and they'll say, sure, okay, it's on their agenda. I mean I can help you get this thing passed, sure. I mean I can just come up to the capital and use free space all the time, sure. And I didn't know until you just said. And they're that. like. I said, this space is free. Like, yeah, it's free. And I said, do black folks come up here? Like, no. So we you don't know. Higher, so don't so know. higher education, when they do higher education abortion, y'all probably couldn't get over here. You do over here, right? Right. You probably was like, I can't. I'm having a hard time getting through all this traffic to get mm-hmm. to my house. Because mm-hmm. every floor of the Capitol in the parking lot was full of people advocating for education and for abortion rights. I didn't see not one black face over there. But when it's time for, you know, so-and-so has their thing at the Capitol, it's a photo opportunity. And then they're advocating for legislation. So when our black when our black caucus members are trying to get things passed, some of them need to figure out what the hell they want to do. The others who really want to, who are really doing something need our support. But even them, they got to teach us. How do we then support legislation? But this is another thing I always say, too, is we have to get generations out far enough from poverty for that to be a priority. Because a lot of families, even though, like I said, I always say that we're blessed. You know, we got out from under that level of poverty that, you you know, we can sustain life and we can go. You know, I mean, so we have we, we can think about like um, credit and we can think about legislation and we can think about that stuff. But I deal with people every day who can't even think about past eating. Yeah, because what well, the average, the, if you are a family of four and make under $41,000 in Oklahoma, you're in poverty. To get out of poverty, you got to really be $115,000, $25,000, right? And that really ain't no money. Right. When you start talking exactly. about state taxes in Oklahoma. And, right. And bills, yeah, really. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Because <laughs> most people is living, I'm pretty sure, paycheck to paycheck. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm living paycheck to paycheck, to think about going to talk to my legislature about changing a law when we probably talking about what the food stamps look like, how this is going to look, whether or not Joey got food, got shoes on his feet, if such and such got clothes on. I mean, maybe you done walked in here and them pants is flooded. I mean, if, if you're doing if, it right. But even... Aside of the poverty thing, it's just we just don't know. We're not knowledgeable right. about it. I didn't know until we you not just said to that. I mean, I, I mean, that I knew that, but you sometimes know. you don't even really know like where to start or where to look. So, but you read. I mean, go to the library. I do. No, read. it's not your responsibility. Here's why. When you think about our thriving black communities and other black cities, what organiz? I'm 
what organizations do you hear are keeping the narrative and the conversation going? NAACP. Keep on talking. <laughs> I mean, who else there is? I mean, for Urban League, do the, I mean, all on, cities have keep, Urban League, right? Keep on talking. The Urban League, the NAACP, black churches mm-hmm. push the agenda a lot, and we don't have a lot of that here. So again, there's a gap, right? Yes. Yes. So if I don't know, and I'm an alpha, and part of ours is to aid downtrodden humanity, is voter registration, vote the people's homeless people. When it comes down to voting, we live in District 99, 20,000 registered voters in District 99, 5,000 voted in the last election. Wow. Are you serious? Well, vote. People also vote these days based on convenience and what works but for them. No, they're not voting. That's the thing. So, a, so, yeah, 20, so 5, if we have, our, if our organizations are supposed to then educate, help, lead, and build up us, why is that not happening here when we are in the middle of a, of a economic crisis, but also a chance to really grow with MAPS 4? Maps four gives us a chance to really develop and define our our community, mm-hmm. right? But if I don't know where to start, I should at least be able to go to certain civic organizations and say, "Hey, your mission vision says this." I'm I should be able to get developed to learn how to then so as as a Christian in discipleship, you as a as a my role as a, as the male in discipleship of my family is. To go learn, get taught, learn how to disciple, and come back to my family, my community. If I can't go to you to learn, to develop, to come back to my home and my community, there's a gap there. And the people who do know across 35 or 235 or Broadway, that man-made separation, they got the advantage. So then they say, we're going to have a forum. We told y'all what to do. But what they didn't say when they said, <laughs> I'm, I'm proud, yeah, forget it. So what they, did, what they don't say, <laughs> what they don't say, and I get passionate about this stuff because this is why I piss people off in our own community because I call it for what it is. We ain't got time to play. We don't have 10 years to wait because right, yes. we don't have time to wait. Right. You know, so they'll say, propose a project if you want to get into real estate. So the common person in that, in that full room hears propose a project, pro, a real estate project. They think I got to get my personal credit together. I got to get a lot of money. I don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I don't have millions of dollars. They think that. Yeah, because that's that's all you hear. But what they don't, what they really don't say is, I didn't ask you for your personal credit, and I ask you for business credit. I said, give us a project. Give us a project. Their responsibility is to get it financed now at that point you might need to get together you know like Kwanzaa cooperative economics pull some money together or an entity to be able to then say we want to help finance this real estate development that's black owned or majority black owned in our community right they leave out those words but you don't understand that if you only show up at the forum and you don't come to the trust meetings that are open to the public or you don't go to city council or you don't watch the replay on YouTube of city council meetings, that's free, right? But those organizations that, that are elected, nominated, and whatever, are not truly embracing that responsibility. So I do push that on because it's not fair to us that you sit in the seat and you're not fully embracing your, 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 your leadership role. Because right. trust me, 
on in downtown, they know. And they are just letting it happen. Because they don't have a responsibility to tell so-and-so group to get on their stuff. Hey, look, well, y'all supposed to handle that. <laughs> oh, they missed the deadline. Okay, cool. So we're going to go ahead and get this lien on this property, and we're going to buy this development over here for fifteen twenty thousand dollars You know what I didn't know? And um, that's just saying, I didn't know that we had, like, an actual group that was doing urban development in actual, in, like, the northeast set of Oklahoma City. So, like, if you are a small business, I'm saying this out loud because I didn't know this. So, anybody that might, this might benefit, that if you are a small business, there is a group of people that is doing urban development that is supposed to help you be able to do what it is you need to do in that small business. I didn't know that until, um, so I started a nonprofit about two years ago. And I'm sitting down with this guy who's, like, going over um, different stuff with us, and he's, like, asking like what's the plan what do you want to do and he was basically like you do know if you build or you find a space between this street and this street there is specific urban development occurring within this area then there's a group of people that are supposed to help you be able to build up so like there's special grants special financing special all of this stuff that's supposed to help you be able to go into that business to help you in that area because it's urban development. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't know that. And it was just sitting down. He doesn't even live in Oklahoma. He lives in Kansas. Mm -hmm. And he was somebody that I just reached out to and somebody else gave me his name. And so I keep in contact with him. But he was who gave me that information, who was basically like, no, you live in Oklahoma City. And between this street in this street there is urban development occurring and that's in that area there is money that is set aside to finance your project between this street and this street and you should be going to a there's a particular group now i don't know the group because when i went to google it i couldn't find the information and i fell off of it not gonna lie but there is a group that is supposed to be helping us Find entrepreneurs who want to develop in the on the east side, finance and develop on the east side. So, so what case? you're saying is that like the I mean what <laughs> you said. You ready to say something? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. No, you are. But you are. I'm gonna go back to what you said. So, if we if if you were to call it the Urban League or whatever, would they have? Are they supposed to have that information? Yeah, I would assume so. They're the Urban League. They're the Urban League. I right. mean. There's a there's an organization in Oklahoma City, and I want to say it's like Kelly and Thirty Six. There's like a a line. Like he showed me the map and everything. He was like the, between this area and this area. So okay, I'll bring some context for that for you. So in every in most cities, there's what they would call like a um, it's like a tiff. There's like a it's like a, it's a it's a district that has um, financial incentives in these boundaries. So you're looking at 23rd, 36th and Kelly. Um, there are certain areas that there's a map, and it says if you develop in this area, you qualify for a certain financial incentive for your development. So you have organizations like, um, so there is, it's called the Alliance of uh, Office of Economic Development. That's, that is the arm. There's Urban Renewal. There is Progress OKC. Um, there's Oklahoma Housing Finance Agency, which most people think that with OFA, they all do with Section 8. No. They have bond money to help you build commercial, to build multifamily housing. Oh. So they help, so um, if you wanted to build, they use bond money to build 
the apartments at Paige Woodson over there. So they have a certain, you go through this, this process and they will award you bond money. You have to keep it a certain level of, of under a certain level of income to do it. And actually, the executive director is a black woman. But Paige Wilson is, um, have y'all ever been over into that actual, that facility? Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah, um, yeah, like gone in to see the apartments. Mm-hmm. Them apartments are nice. Yeah, they're really nice. They're, they're really, really nice. nice. Um, so that building, so they, it's, it's, it's like, not market rate. It's affordable housing. So a percentage of it has to be under a certain amount of income. Mm-hmm. So those entities are there. Um, they are there. Um, what I've noticed, even within that, that um, it, the resources are there, and we seriously think that it takes millions of dollars to have a development. You're not using your own money with the development. So that goes back to my question. So you're saying that the Urban League or other black organizations in Oklahoma is responsible for putting that information out to the black community. Historically, their role um, is supposed to educate the community on resources available to us to economically succeed, economics, health, family, all that. That is urban league, a chamber, um, civic organization, nonprofit. If your mission and vision talks anything about um, the advancement of black people and you benefit from corporate dollars because you said that you want to do these programs to help black people, you should be doing this for us. Gotcha. I understand. We can talk offline. But... um, (laughs) So, because I know my probably. So, what are some of the other organizations you're a part of? Uh, you said Northeast <laughs> Developmental. Something. Yeah. So, um, the Northeast OKC Developers Conference, which I've the first conference was last year, and that was all about. That came from. I started doing that planning in September 2017. Um, last year, we had a very successful conference. We sold out, and it was truly all about getting Black folks, Black folks, and minority, both men and women, to think about investing and developing in Northeast Oklahoma City. Um, so last year we partnered with uh, Northeast OKC Human Designs in that effort. Last year, uh, we're going forward planning for the second conference this year at Metro Tech. Um, so we have a new date that's coming out. So I'm on the, I, I run that. Um, I'm on the board for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, I'm also on the board for Leadership Oklahoma City. Um, board for. Uh, and what is the Leadership of Oklahoma City? So. Leadership Oklahoma City, honestly, it's in it's in pretty much every city. Okay. When you want to figure out, so I mentioned to her that when I first moved here, all of my network was in Houston. Okay. So I moved here, I had nothing. Like. So you just had to kind of build from the ground. It up. was like ground zero, which that's why the adjustment was hard for me. So when I joined, I got a chance to be a part of like leaders in Oklahoma City that were, if I need a connection over the Thunder. I know that the VP of Operations is a Leadership OKC alum. And they oh, give okay. you a directory, name, cell phone number, all that. I can call up and I can have a conversation. Okay. Um, so you learn about infrastructure, the city, and all that stuff through there. It's a great networking opportunity. It's very it's competitive application process. Um, they do youth. They do uh, young professionals. They do. Uh, I was in the signature program. Part of that, um, the Black Bill Initiative. So you said they do youth. What do you mean? Like, so there's an application where youth can actually become mm-hmm. part of the leadership yeah. of Oklahoma? It's okay. called a YLX. So okay. if you're in high school age okay. kids, teach you different type of leadership opportunities, how to do a nonprofit, stuff like that. Okay. Stuff. Um, what else? Of course, I 
created and started the Black Leadership Network. Um, yeah, I think that's all I can think of at the moment. Something else will pop up in a minute. So do you ever have, like, any events for, like, because I know, like, we all, because we post on his, right? On we Facebook? do on the Black yeah, Leadership Network. Yeah, so here's the thing. I had to tell him. Yeah, so, you didn't no, know we post on it? No, I do post on oh, it from time to time. What you have to tell him? Tell him. He didn't have to tell me. So, <laughs> you did? Because uh, I'm like, we post on so it. So let me tell you what happened yeah. is I didn't know that he was the person who actually ran the page. It say it, though. I think Apollo. he didn't say it. Apollo. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, let's go back. I didn't know Apollo was was who ran OKCE. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know who you. I was like, <laughs> I, was I knew Apollo ran the leadership, but I didn't know. Well, I didn't know that. Like, so like, I had to kind of like put two and two together. So okay. one day he's like, um, "Do you ever? Are you ever? Are you a part of the Black Leadership?" Um, and you said, but, no. and I was like, "Yes." No, oh, I said yes. Yeah. And he was like, "Well, you're silent." And I thought about it. and I was like, "No, I don't think I'm silent, but I don't know." Uh, maybe I am silent in that episode. I think it's because, I don't know. I just didn't put it all together. So it's my fault. <laughs> I didn't put so, it together. Yes, like, in post- high school, we do this. Because we around the bush. Stop beating around the bush. No, so, I didn't know. So do you ever so have like events where like black-owned businesses are, you know, just black people, you know, where there's an event where everybody comes together in order to network? Like yeah, so, um, so back to the happy hour I used to do in Houston. So, Cause y'all did the parlor. Yeah, so we did the uh, the day party for after party for the MLK parade, which oh. was great. At ice? Okay. No. Oh. At okay. parlor. That was oh, at parlor. At parlor. Okay, yeah. I ne- I've never heard yeah. of parlor. So okay. it's a uh, it's sixth in Oklahoma between Broadway. Gotcha. And okay. Okay. They now have a black owned uh, barbecue place in there too. Which oh. Is good food. Oh wow. Um. So we had over two hundred folks there. Oh. And they made a lot of money, so they liked me over there. Because here's, here's, and I'll answer your question. I'm going to try to do it really quick. Is that what I don't, um, what I learned living in a place like a melting pot like Houston, and I lived in Third Ward. Like, I love Third Ward. Lived there 11 years of the 18, almost 18 years I was there. If we are so diverse as a people, then we have diverse tastes. We have diverse interests. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that I don't want to go support the hole in the wall that you join or whatever else. But damn, let's not act like that we don't like to go to different type of places. Right. So I took some flack because I did the day party over there. And it was people that didn't even support it. But we sold out. So that was that. Um, so the development of the Black Leadership Network came from, I just wanted to establish a network of black professionals. So now at year three, this year, the focus is, is every month having a networking event. So we had, um, it was last, earlier this month. We have the happy hour at Parlor again. So every second Monday, we're doing live happy hour at Parlor. So where is this posted or advertised? Because I've never seen it. So it's going to be in the Black Leadership Network group or on the OKC Black Eats okay. uh, page. They'll be okay. uh, that event will be there too. Mm-hmm. I follow it. I don't yeah. do the because yeah. Chappelle was DJing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think I follow the OKC Black Eats, but I need to. I know. She shouldn't even say it online. Right. She? I didn't. I right. don't. I'm not being honest. Not, 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 not that I follow the Black Leadership. No. It, 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 <laughs> and, I, and I tell people that I, I think don't. I think I follow the Instagram. Well, no, I don't. I don't. What well, the thing is, is I. There's a lot of, of impact that we still have to make. Right. Right. But a lot of folks that still don't know. So I get excited when I hear people that don't know. I'm like, oh, great. All right, cool. Go here. So we are working on publishing the directory for restaurants. We're working on that stuff and the national branding stuff writing campaign the black foodie summit which is going to be the third year will be at the cowboy hall of fame 
uh, this year. So I'm glad about okay. that relationship. But but yeah, so that air, that second Monday. So, so every second Monday at what time? Um, it'll go from five to nine. So we gotta go. Okay. Now. So every second Monday. I'm hoping April 12th is the last day for this uh this restriction for the city. Yes. So April 12th is the last day, which is Easter Ooh, Sunday. I'm going to be there. April 13th is the this is the happy hour. Okay, so I will be there. and so we're not and honestly it's it's I like it because Caprice, the vibe is great. Your phone to the um, <laughs> the vibe is great, and and I and I work with Chappelle because I want I'm, I challenge him. That's my boy on on the music because I want folks to feel like man we like Afro pop like we like house music like I want folks to feel like I'm not in Oklahoma City. Because you know my tar my target I is I don't I don't care about this sounds wrong I don't I'm not concerned about the people that always go out okay what I'm what I care about are the black folks that feel like ain't nothing for me to do that's me that's and me. they go out because here's what happens mm-hmm. I get those calls from the corporate organizations like the big corporations here whether it's an OG&E or Loves or Hurts or people who are looking to hire black folks and I get those calls and they say hey where is this this sounds bad when they say it. Where are they at? I'm like, what do you mean that? <laughs> and I had to learn what that means too. I had to help with that educational piece of it. But I'm like, you know what? Hey, I got a group of actively of 1,600 people in this Facebook group. So the stuff I share in the group is like, hey, y'all, look. Right. That's apply awesome. for this board position because I might be on that, right? Or here's a job opportunity. Or the Thunder called me and was like, hey, I got 11 jobs that I were about to post. Can you share it? Oh, sure. Because I think that's there's so much damn talent in Oklahoma City. There's so much amazing talent in this city that's not being awakened. Do you which, know- which gets me in trouble with some of our organizations because they feel like I'm trying to be them. No, I'm, I'm being me. What about entrepreneur groups? Do you have any of those or are a part of those? Um, here's my, my take on that part. I think when you're around other dope people, I don't need to be in a particular group. My honestly, for me, for me, being a part of Leadership Oklahoma City has been my help. But once I started to network, I realized that, like, man, I can sit next to this, the senior vice president of a certain bank, right. or I office out of an admin and an incubator, and I'm around the people. It's not a particular group, but I'm I'm in the environment and space that I'm sitting elbow to elbow with someone that raised twelve million dollars in a year. Nice. Oklahoma is the fifth most benevolent state in the United States. Who would know that? Oh God, never knew that. Fifth. So you talked about estate planning. Mm-hmm. You can set up a, a of a of a bond bond program at the Oklahoma City Community Foundation. They will help you manage it. That's what they do. So the Kirkpatrick Foundation matches some certain bond if you raise a certain amount of money, depending on the program that you that you enroll in. They'll match what you raise. Wow. I didn't know that. See? So that's we, why we I need my right? people here. And that's exactly. why I get in trouble because I don't care about getting in trouble because I know that it's helping somebody else right. that needs to know. Exactly. Which is why I'm happy right. that we own live and we have the podcast mm-hmm. because this all of this information you're giving us, like it's a lot of stuff that I didn't know, but it's gonna help a lot of people, I feel. Right. So I thank you I'm for gonna, that. I'm for sharing all phone calls. <laughs> yeah. So where can I they get in contact with you, Apollo? I mean, like, if they just want to call you and just ask you, not playing. <laughs> Where can they get in contact That, that with would be called a consulting fee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm easy to find. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, either as Apollo Woods or as one P and two L's people, um, or OKC Black Keats. I'm just, I'm easy to find. I'm accessible, so it's easy to find me. 
Well, thank you for coming on, though. Thank you so much. Really nice. Thank you. Thank you for that. Really I appreciate good... y'all for being real for what y'all do. I listen. To, I listen. I listen. You listen. Oh, look at you. So if you listen, the bougie one would be me. Oh, but you That's were denying what they it. Yeah. To me well, was she not denying it earlier today? She was. That's what they referred to me as the bougie one. But I think that all three of us have some sense of bougie. I like quality. I'll spend money on stuff because I like Baby, quality. Baby, she's probably way more bougie in that area than either the two uh, of us are quality. close to that. I, I just like quality. Yeah. She can be way more bougier than the two of us. That doesn't make you bougie because you spend money on stuff and you like quality. So what makes me bougie? The fact that you just did that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. you saw that? Yeah. You oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait. Right, right. No, hold on. It's just today because she ain't got on a shirt that got a hole in her, her skin and, she and her shirt. Day. She comfortable one, Number one, I didn't know we were going live. Yes. And I slept late and That ain't got nothing stuff. to do with it. We just saying you ain't got a shirt to be holding up your shirt and making sure you close you yourself in. Right. If she did that, then you would be like, oh, she really the bougie one. That's not true. I just don't like my breast all out like that. That's no, all. you just don't like. You just bougie. That's it's not okay. bougie because I choose to cover up my So teeth. what's bougie? I'm still asking you what's Anyway, bougie. so. You still haven't defined it for me. Though. I don't know. Let's close it out. Because nobody knows. Okay. Look at her. Look at them two. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear us on the podcast sometimes? Mm-hmm. We? Okay. Them two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Just be like, yeah. Yeah. let them get sitting over here. Yeah. I sit yeah. over here and just let them like, know. Because she like, like. Yes. If, yeah, he know that y'all. If he listens, I don't him. know. All I know is back in the day when you like when the thunder came, you got like real bougie all of a sudden, and you start carrying your purse like this. Because I like nice stuff, whole bunch of extra and I like shit. nice places, and no. I like I like nice but I things. Do too, though. I like all so of that. So there's nothing wrong with that. No, I don't think it make you bougie. That, what makes me bougie is because I don't want to be in the tree lounge every night. That ain't my thing. I, don't I would be rather there, no, be every somewhere night. else. You know, I don't want to be a trappy every week. Like, don't do a different us. event. Don't do You know what I'm saying? Thing. So that's why they call me. Hold <laughs> on. She judging y'all? She throwing some shots at us. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to be I'm not calling But I'm not saying. And you have fun. You but that's, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, Sounds I just prefer too. not to. I don't want to do that. She can't hold her so she hang out with y'all to get her hood credits. Yeah, she yeah. does. Ain't that something? <laughs> yeah, we, right, right. we got our hood yes, credits. She just tried to get so this. Is what happened? That's so what, what happened was, I'm glad you see it for what it is. Yeah, no, no, at what point what happened was, I started liking. First of all, she said what happened was. What happened was, I like being in a different. I like being in a different crowd. And then she wasn't did. comfortable in yeah. that crowd. So then I became the bougie one because I like the different crowd. I remember that episode. I remember that episode too. Because yeah. I was like, but I don't see a whole lot of... I don't know. Are we supposed to wrap it up this up? I mean, you're you fine. You can go ahead. Well, look, no, we, we don't have to. I'm just... I no, because no, 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 I remember, like you said, that I was kind of like, but I don't see a whole lot of black women in other different places. Yeah. But I like different places. And I'm just... And for me, I feel like I move around a lot. I'm downtown a lot. I like different places too. I just don't know. Where I just to don't go. know where to go. I don't know where like, to go. But for me, like when I find a different place, I feel like it's a gym. I'm like, oh, I love Pony Boys. Like the fact that we've like found Pony Boys as a new place. Yep. There's like bars in the Paseo area. Like I take yeah. people to a lot of different places. Like so the general, I just the like different manager different at Oso places. is a black woman. At Oso. Oso. Yes. Oh, what is it? Oso. Yeah, it's a black woman. Oh, I've never heard of Oso. Where is Oso? So, in Paseo, so it's like where the scratch cocktails. Mm-hmm. It's where the, it looks, the it looks like a, it's all white kind of building mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. in the corner. Um, they have great tacos. Um, oh. It's a black woman's GM. It's the same company that has uh, Frida Southwest. 
Okay. And Same Osos, I, the way I found out about Osos was because I went to JB's uh, Eats thing and they were there. Yeah. Okay. That was one of the places that he did brunch at. And so they had pins. So I have pins from them now. And they had a salsa that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That salsa good was food. so good. They gave out chips and salsa. I like so every place there. gave out their, yes. um, yeah, gave out their, their sister restaurant stuff. is Free to Southwest, which is across from Sauce at the end. Okay. A really big okay. place. It has like, they probably have like maybe four or five different patios set up in there. Mm-hmm. But they have this bar. It's called The Daily. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's not that so we I don't, don't know. want to be in those but in those places. I just don't know that they exist. Yeah, so you know, when I got here, I was trying to find those places, and I got called uh, by two black women. Uh, Bougie? Nah, that wasn't her. <laughs> Actually, I got called Uncle Tom. That's what um, I'm That's I, Bougie. Nah. Nah, Uncle Tom and Bougie. Then I got called, yeah. oh, you think you're good because you're from Texas. I was like, I'm from Oklahoma. What are you talking about? You from Duncan? That's so stupid. Why do black people do that? I just don't. Well, you know what? Same reason they. The same reason that anytime you you like anything different, they they make you think you think you better. Well, no. Here's what I realized that I I do I do understand that I had to understand that that came with because there was a uh, (laughs) say it. We got brothers that do a lot of little stupid stuff in this city. True. Right. That when they got to a certain place, they kind of act like I'm like. Bruh, like they're like, better than. I, I mean, I kind of get it, but you can't. That's true. You you're being really dismissive, like <clears throat> your nose is down because you're gonna be at a place where you gonna need that. Y'all know how this is. You see another black person in space, you make eye contact, and you need it. I want to make sure that you know I'm here. <laughs> I might need you. I might need you. And then they got some folks that don't make no yeah. eye contact. You're yeah. like, oh yeah, no, I can't count on that person. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple of those, but um, but. It's like there's a lot of great places to go, and so yeah. that's why I like with the parlor. Even though it's OKC Black Eats and the Black Tradition Network hosting it there, it's I'm like I'm host. I'm supporting all black restaurants, but exactly. I also know I need to see more black faces outside of. I need more downtown, midtown, and Edmond because the reality of it is, folks that are not in are, are looking for us. Okay, they are looking for us. They're looking for this amazing black talent. You know how many. You know how many, um, uh, compared to how often y'all post in this podcast, y'all are probably the top three of posting and active, regularly consistent topics of podcasters in Oklahoma City. We're aware of that. I'm aware of that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah I so, mean, I know that we're consistent. So if, yeah. so if you're aware of that, my thought process goes to, okay, cool. So what do we got to do to get this in front of a bigger audience? And that same thing. That same thing. Yeah, yeah. And that comes down to, it's it's the networking piece. Getting getting into different environments. Yeah, probably going into different areas. Because y'all don't talk about anything that anybody else in any other community can't relate to. Right. Right. And then you're black women. That gives you a double advantage, because how many other podcasts run by black women and you post what twice a week? Once a week. Once a week. week. Mm -hmm. But y'all are actively posting. Right. You know how much content you got? Yes. You can take this one because I'm rambling. I'm at one minute and forty. You are. We know right. that's, a, that's, hour. A, that's an average. About yeah. an average. Yeah. yeah. I got my glasses on. Yeah, we do. We, we do an hour and a half because we have we're on Seattle Hip Hop Radio and we have an hour hour and a half time slot. So we. But he'll give us you know, up to two hours. But, but yeah. you can take yeah. this same thing and replay it and cut it in half and have yeah, it exactly. right. So there's so much you can do with that that 
people here locally are looking for this. Right. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people that have spaces and have studios. They're like, hey. But the problem is we don't have that. We don't know. That's why I'm saying the whole So when she started finally deciding to want to post. Yeah. I was like, okay, now she's posting. I see. Okay, cool. Now, hey, look. Hey, y'all, check out this podcast. Three dope black women, great content. Hey, can you get a feature on TV? Or, hey, here's a thing going over. Or, hey, these different events, they need coverage. So what we're working on is a um, is a black influencers group um, that will go around and just talk about, like, hey, like I'm, we're in Edmond. We're at 1884 Cocktails, which just opened up. Let's do, let's do a live app. We're hanging out yeah. over here, and we're going to blog and write about it, right? Okay. Because cause being a commissioner of the Convention Visions Bureau, there's not enough black faces showing. Because people joke about ain't no black folks in Oklahoma City. Um, but because you have the content. Exactly. But how are people who have the ability to put this program out there? Working, yeah. How do they know that you even exist? Right. Exactly. But it's you say, hey, look, you know what? They got this channel. They're on different coasts. Cool. Hey, look. They got content. Let's recycle this content. Okay. And get them on there because now you got a broader audience to go from. Right. So yeah. That's Very the stuff true. I enjoy. That's why the, the BLM group is there because I want to see us in different spaces. Not because right. it's selfish, but it's like we got so much damn dope ass town in Oklahoma City. And we it's do. time to break outside of the, the bullshit norm. Like I hate the Oklahoma standard that they talk about. I hate that. That that bothers the hell out of me. Because I know there's so much damn talent here. And I'm not, and that's that's my thing. Like I just love other cultures. I love other things. I love like I like going to places when it feels like I'm not in Oklahoma. Yeah. Like the first oh, brunch I went to, like that brunch we went to, I was like, man, this mm-hmm. is dope. Like this is like that that Bar brunch Chetty's. you want to go to mm-hmm. when you go out of town. Like you want to be like this is the environment you want to be in where you feel like, look, I don't have to do nothing else. It was really nice. I can do this. This can. I mean, I can chill. I can hang out. I can watch the game. I can. Meet new people, like and social with them, you right. know, be social and all of that. Like I love that environment. So for me, like I just don't, I don't feel like I always get it on the east side. So I just like to go other places. Mm-hmm. So well. Anyway, you guys know you guys can um, catch us on Seattle Hip Hop Radio every Monday and Friday, nine a.m. Central Standard Time. We um, appreciate Tony. We're running up on our year. Yeah, yeah April first next month. Uh, yeah. All right. We are running up on our year. Um, we will be. We were going to try to go to Seattle, but Corona, yeah. Corona stopped yeah. us. Corona, <laughs> we didn't call it Corona. Get y'all Corona has stopped us. Well, so was with like, that nope. being said, um, I don't think we're going to be able to make it to Seattle. Um, yeah. So uh, Tony, we're near Washington. Right. Mm-hmm. Shout out mm-hmm. to Tony. Um, we truly appreciate you. We will find a way to show you we appreciate you. Um, we'll come out sometime. We'll try to make it out there sometime this, this year. year. Yeah. 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 To um, hang out and say hello to Tony. Um, but Seattle Hip Hop Radio is a black owned Pandora. It's pretty much what it is. It is music 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So y'all are currently sitting at home. Um, you can listen to Seattle Hip Hop Radio even when we're not on there. On Mondays, he has a whole lineup um, that we are included in as well. So um, check that out and just kind of see what you... I mean, you might fall in love with some of the channels. I mean, he's got like different genres and everything mm-hmm. else going on on there. So um, then we're on YouTube, SoundCloud, um, Spotify, Anchor, and um, Apple Podcasts. We post a new episode every Sunday. 
Um, and then you guys can go back and listen throughout the week on what that is. Um, catch us on those platforms. I hate when they do that. Go ahead. They throw me off. <laughs> and then we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter as Mocha Tea Podcast. Um, one word, M-O-C-H-A-T-E-A Podcast. One word on all three of those um, those platforms. And then if you guys have any inquiry for us or if you want to get in contact with us, you want to book us, we are on mochat2018 at gmail.com and we are out. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Gloom Frank. <laughs> <laughs>